Welcome to the Woke Buffalo Podcast with your host, Matt Meyer. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Woke Buffalo Podcast. I am your host, Matt Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. It is uh, Friday, sometime in October. I'm always feeling like I'm in a time warp these days. Don't know what week or day it is. Just been a crazy, crazy uh, experience for everybody, a crazy journey. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing my homie, Dan Dominguez. Dan is the owner of BOSA, which is Buffalo Orthopedic Sports Acupuncture. Uh, Dan is a, uh, I I would be so, go so far as saying a world renowned acupuncturist. He is a master of his craft. He specializes in multiple different types of acupuncture, uh, types of acupuncture, uh, but his specialty is really working with orthopedic and, uh, and, and athletes. So I met Dan probably about three or four years ago uh, while I was doing some work with a professional team, and his name just kept coming up. So I immediately had reached out and been like, hey, man, we need to definitely meet. Um, I'm hearing great things about you, and that's how I run my practice. And uh, since then, we've become friends. Dan is a, a fantastic human to begin with, and his story is pretty awesome about how he got into acupuncture, which I think is a in the healing arts. Uh, I really do think a lot of times some of the best practitioners, therapists, clinicians came from a place of healing themselves and working with others, and that makes the you know their optics on the body and on dealing with uh, you know people and helping people. Uh, so, so amazing. So I'm super psyched for this episode. We are actually recording it in the parking lot of uh, the Bill Stadium. And uh, so if you hear some uh, weird noises, it sounds like uh, car tires squealing. We are actually parked next to a giant generator that they have now to pump in uh, fresh air into the uh, into the stadium. Crazy times, man. Crazy times. But before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite uh, favorite places, favorite self-care uh, activities to go, which is Buffalo Cryo. Um, Buffalo Cryo has been sponsor of the podcast now for, man, probably about a month and a half. Um, I'm continuing my care there every week. I look forward to going into that cold. Uh, it just mentally and physically really helps my body uh, get over the, the weeks of training and the work that I do is pretty physical, uh, working with clients and athletes. And it's uh, just a big, it's a piece of what I do now with, uh, with my self-care. So uh, Jake and Pat were kind enough to offer all the listeners of the podcast uh, 15% off their uh, cryo treatments. You can use the coupon code WOKE15 uh, when you schedule an appointment. But seriously, you know, going into the fall here, going into a time where we're getting less sunlight, uh, go, having the ability to go in and do a quick shock to that body and really start to simulate some of that health and that healing and that immune function is so important. So make sure you take a ride downtown and go check out Buffalo Cryo. The second thing is I'm super psyched about is a sponsorship with a lifestyle brand company uh, out west with my with my peeps out in Southern California, 
It's uh, Kettlebells and Cannabis. Kettlebells and Cannabis is a clothing lifestyle brand company. I saw them on Instagram, I think early in the summer, and I saw what they were doing about trying to promote health and wellness and also break down some stigmas of the use of cannabis, which is uh, something that I think is really, really important. Um, Kettlebells have been an intricate tool and part of my practice uh, for probably 15 years. And uh, I think cannabis is, a, is an amazing plant. It's got multiple use. I'm going to have a pod, podcast on uh, cannabis and CBD coming up soon with a few experts in the area. So Kettlebells and Cannabis, check them out on Instagram. They post amazing videos of people exercising and promoting the positive use of cannabis. Uh, I have some gear from them. And they've been so kind to offer all the listeners uh, a coupon code to get some of their gear. And the coupon code is the same as Buffalo Cryo. It's Woke15. And you can check them out on Instagram. I'll link to to their website. So if you want some cool gear that kind of promotes that that well-being, two of my favorite things, cannabis and kettlebells, check them out. And I hope to see you in some gear. Uh, before we get started in the podcast, just wanted to uh, say to thank you for all the messages. Thank you for all the support. The podcast is incrementally growing a little bit week by week, getting more listeners, which I'm just totally stoked about. So the best way you guys can support this podcast is by sharing it with friends, giving a five-star rating wherever you download your podcast at. That would be uh, amazing for me, and that's how we can grow this and that's how we can you know, keep spreading this positive information, this positive light in a time where everybody needs you know, little nuggets of health, wellness, and uh, everything else. So I'm uh, super psyched to bring my buddy, clinician, Dan Dominguez, and uh, this is the Woke Buffalo Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy your day. Remember, stay woke. All right, what's up, brother? What's going on? We are uh, in the parking lot of Bills Stadium, formerly New Era Field, uh, after a shift of working with the guys. How fucking bizarre is this season, bro? How crazy is it, like it going? I think I, I think one of the hardest things is just trying to balance clinic and you know in your normal life and in this crazy schedule that they have us on right now. You know, between having to early in the season having to get four or five tests a week so i felt like i lived in orchard park for some period of yeah, time man. and then you know just one week we're working tuesday two days later it's monday two days later it's sunday agreed and, man and it's just um it's been all over the place but you know it's kind of just rolling with the punches 2020 is that kind of year well you know like especially with football like they are such creatures of habit like i've been working in pro sports since like 08 with various teams in the area and stuff so and of all of them I mean the football guys man they are their schedules are down to the minute Mm -hmm. like they have such an agenda and I think this is like throwing everybody for a loop so yeah it's just crazy man normally on like a Friday uh afternoon coming out here I mean it's like a ghost town we're in the parking lot there'd be so much like going on It's, it's so crazy we got a little ahead of ourselves but Sorry, right, man. So let me let me hear. I want you to tell me about how you got into uh, what you're doing now. Like, yeah. what were even from like early on, man? How did you health healing all those things? What were some of those 
what were some of those sparks that got you rolling? Yeah, so my uncle uh, is an acupuncturist and he has always been influential in my life from the time I was I was a young kid. I think I had my first acupuncture treatment when I was uh, 10 years old. Oh, nice. Um, I had a football injury and he treated my elbow after I had a hyperextended elbow. And I remember even back then, you know, it didn't hurt me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't afraid of needles. I think I think I was a little bit apprehensive of something new, um, but it really helped instantly relax the muscles around my elbow. And you were 10? 10 years old. Taking and needles. I, and I, and I, I guess I was just always that way. I was never really afraid to do anything. I was the guy that just went right to the top and, and went to the high dive and just, just went for it. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I've been. And fast forward a couple years, uh, I was playing college football and suffered a compound fracture in my right leg. Uh, I was running to catch a pass. There was a wagon in the back of the end zone. And as I'm looking back to catch the pass... Wait, like a real wagon? Like, well, <laughs> it, it's the best way to describe it. It was a, it was a sign trailer. So oh. that, you would, that you would put like a sign at the end of the road to say, hey, we're open. Um, my, my college on the practice field used a sign trailer with two with two um basically pvc pipes Whoa. for for goal posts i and, thought it uh, was like some special term wagon it was like some football lingo it was a, no, it was it was a, a straight like wagon it was a straight steel oh and, uh, man and so i found out that day that bone is not as strong as steel and uh i shattered my tibia and fibula and wow so I ended up going on a journey. That was my senior year in college, and that started my my journey of healing and, and starting to understand my body better. I was an exercise science and strength conditioning major in college. Oh, nice, nice. And I had accepted a GA position to go get uh, my master's in strength conditioning from uh, the University of Tennessee. Wow. So I was going to go work with women's basketball down there and be a GA and uh, work with their strength program. Uh, and then all this kind of derailed that. You know, that was, that was something that I had... had uh, plan to do when I graduated. Yeah, yeah. And then now I'm laid up with a broken leg, pretty severe broken leg that required seven surgeries, couple infections. It wasn't as bad as Alex Smith or anything, but but I was I was seven surgeries deep by the time I was 21 on this. And, that's and that's that, intense, uh, man. Seven surgeries. That's 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 a lot to to you know overcome. Yeah. So I uh, my uncle came. We we met up in Columbus, where where I'm from, for. Uh, for Thanksgiving and he spent the whole weekend treating me so from Wednesday to Sunday I had a treatment or two every day and wow wow by the end of that I was I would probably say I had about seven treatments um I couldn't I couldn't heel walk I couldn't toe walk um and this was after the seven surgery and they were kind of like you know you're about done like you know and I was rehabbing for probably five months after this at this point damn um and within one week of treatment the swelling went down significantly in my leg the pain went down significantly in my leg and this isn't something that i feel like i can replicate in clinic very often because how often am i going to have of course like yeah seven, much time. seven treatments yep. in in five days and then uh, what he did after which was incredible to me to this day being a guy that does it for people where i'm like i don't know if i would give somebody that yeah but yeah he um he taught me how to needle myself and, wow. and he sharpied circles on my leg. We we spent the last on Sunday. We spent a couple hours just practicing. Yeah. 
And then he gave me a box of needles and sent me back to school and said, do this every day and your bone will heal the way you want it to. Wow. He put me on some Chinese herbs. Yeah. He put me on a, a different vitamin regimen than I was on. And I fast forwarded two months and I, I had x-rays throughout that because, you know, I was with, with the team still and they were trying to yeah. uh, get me back. Um, the doctor had medically retired me. The, the day I came out of the first surgery, he was like, you'll never play football again. We're going to try to make it so that you don't uh, have a limp for the rest of your life, but that's probably as best you, as you'll get. And you see me walking, I have no limp. So. No, man. But I did, and I, and I had a pretty bad one. Um, after that seventh surgery, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel it did what, it, what they wanted it to do. And um, my bone wasn't healing, so they gave me a bone stimulator. That wasn't working. I'm 21 years old, yeah. very healthy guy, and the break was so severe that I was just really set back from that. And I really, truly feel like the acupuncture, uh, the dosage I was giving myself was incredible for my so, body. So you were continuing. So you continued that. I continued it every day. I had nothing but time and, and, and I was pretty regimented. If, if he told me to do something, I was yeah. taking the vitamins. He put me on some, he put me on vitamin C, put me on something called bone pill, which is a Chinese herbal formula that's great for, for recovering a bone. And then he used something called Metagenics, uh, which is a company that, that makes a supplement called Bone Builder. And it's oh, a calcium. yeah. I'm familiar with Metagenics. Yeah. It's, it, it's a calcium vitamin D. Um, cyto, or, um, basically, it's going gonna, it's gonna to eat away at the bone and uh, create new bone for you. And so he put me on this cocktail of, of supplements. And then I did acupuncture every day. And, and I just healed so fast. I went to the doctor. Uh, two months later, he did an x-ray, slapped up the last one. He was like, what was that uh, x-ray about a month ago? Or uh, what do you say? So that was like two months ago. He said, there's a lot of healing that occurred there. And I was like, no, that was that was the one from last month. And he was like, look, that's a quick turnaround. So he turns on the light and he goes, are you taking HGH? Wow. Like, <laughs> really? I was like, what? He's like, young man. And... and and I was like, no, I'm, I'm just doing acupuncture, taking some vitamins. He was like, it's not that. And he was like, get off that stuff. And and I was like... He was in denial. He was in denial. And, and he didn't believe that acupuncture could do that at all. And, and, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I just did what my uncle said. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I knew I was healing and I knew I felt so much better. And, and I turned a corner that I needed to turn. And it was in that, that treatment room that I decided I was going to become an acupuncturist. Because... It had helped me so much, and as an athlete, I felt like there was a huge void out in Michigan where I was. There was no acupuncturist there. There was no one doing dry needling at my school. It was never brought up. I never, it, no one on my team had ever had it. It wasn't something that was like, no guys were sneaking off to an acupuncturist yeah, to have treatment. Yeah, for sure. And so that was back in 2009, and you know, I think the medicine has come so far in the public eye since then in the sports world. Uh, and and I'm, I feel like I got in right at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You know, I've I was familiar with acupuncture, you know, years and years ago. Even just as a teenager, I knew what it was. You know, I'd always I'd studied some of the ancient texts of traditional Chinese medicine. I thought it was really cool. I, at one point, I actually looked in going to acupuncture school, like out in Cali, but that uh, you know that was just like a big crazy. That was like a big crazy hope of mine. But, you know, studying martial arts, there was always that healing component. Mm -hmm. And then when I got into this field, I had, you know, that view of traditional Chinese medicine. When I started getting into the sports medicine field, 
I was going up to Canada a lot in Toronto yeah. and I got to meet like some of the guys that we both know, like mm -hmm. Dr. Scapatici and Mike Prebeg. And then I was like, whoa, okay, these guys are kind of like using acupuncture needles, but they're doing something totally different. So I know there's a lot of like, you know, I guess maybe confusion over like acupuncture, dry needling. Could you kind of unpack that and talk a little bit about you know, the differences and then maybe how your work, uh, you know, has evolved and what you do, what you do today. I think when you think of acupuncture, uh, acupuncture is, is a technique, uh, but more importantly, it's a title. Uh, an acupuncturist goes to school for, for just under four years on top of a, an, an undergrad to become a, a specialist in a needle. And they're going to use it in various different ways that a dry needler just, just is not equipped to do. Um, got it, got it. The, the theory of Chinese medicine, the oriental medicine, um, wh whatever you want to call it, that whole basis is packed into that education. So you're going to learn how to use Chinese herbs. You're going to use the needle to affect more than just a muscle. You're going to be able to treat a, ver a litany. I mean, the list is almost endless on what you can do with acupuncture, but whether it be from headaches to allergies to uh, digestive issues to fertility, acupuncture can be used for. And I've seen it work. It's not something, those aren't things that I'm like, that's on a list that they say works. I've seen it work over and over again on people. Uh, a dry needler is, is usually a physical therapist or a chiropractor, maybe even an athletic trainer, depending on the state or, sure, or that sure. you're in. Um, but they're there to treat a muscle. They're there to treat uh, really trigger points is what dry needling is. If you, if you look up what it's defined as, dry needling is the insertion of a needle to elicit a twitch response and then the exit of the needle. So really it's just an extension of, you know, uh, a manual therapist yep. using, you know, their thumb mm -hmm. and somewhere in the middle of them doing, uh, you know, trigger point injections. Correct. Uh, Janet Travell, who is, is uh, famous for her work in, in mapping out the trigger point referral patterns, she was JFK's cardiologist. Yeah, yeah. Um, she spent her life dedicated to mapping out all the referral patterns. She had a, uh, a, a bunch of patients coming in with um, trigger points in the pec that they thought they were having a heart attack because that referral down the arm. Uh, and once she realized, no, it's actually just tightness in the pec, uh, she started injecting that and really seeing, okay, that lidocaine works well in there. But then the more research she did, uh, the more she realized that the positive effect wasn't from the lidocaine. It was from the needle creating a twitch response. Oh, and so as she it. would inject the lidocaine, she would ask, you know, patients, where does that, where do you feel that travel to? So she would figure out how to um, diagnose trigger points in their referral patterns and fast forward a little bit later, there was an acupuncturist named Whitfield Reeves in California, and he was, um, he's been practicing for about almost 40 years now. But he's kind of the grandfather of sports acupuncture in the United States. Oh, interesting. And, uh, okay. I was fortunate enough to learn from him through my uncle. Um, but he studied with Janet Travell and took wow. her techniques wow. and married them with acupuncture and, and, and made it so it wasn't so Western, but more something that acupuncturists could kind of grasp because it's a different language and it's a different yeah, style. Absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of infighting between the two medicines because, you know, physical therapists are stepping on the toes of, of acupuncturists and acupuncturists are far more educated in how to use a needle 
And so there's a lot of territorial battles, just like chiropractors and and, uh, physical therapists with the adjustment. Um, But I think one of the things that's important is is finding someone who is well-trained. And if you're listening to this in in North Carolina, you you can get kneeling from anyone under the sun. Same with uh, Canada. Canada is, you take a 300-hour course and you're a medical acupuncturist and you're doing um, those neurofunctional styles with electricity that like Mike Previck would do, uh, in New York, you have to be an acupuncturist. So you're getting over 3000 clinical hours on top of three and a half years of master's level training in both acupuncture and, um, you know, clinical experience. But I will say that traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturists are not particularly well equipped to treat sports injuries. For sure. For sure. And that's, that's kind of how you draw the line. I think like any other profession, it's like, you know, it's not so much the title, it's the person and the mm-hmm. practitioner. Like, what yeah. have they done to kind of like take their tools to the next level? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that is, that, that is, you know, you have to, I think as an acupuncturist, you have to decide what you want to be. And if you want to be someone who's treating athletes, you have to get the training uh, on top of your schooling to do that. And I was fortunate enough to have my uncle uh, who worked with the Chargers at one point. He worked with uh, a lot of marathon runners in San Diego. Oh, nice, nice. So he was very well equipped at treating like conditions like plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, knee tendonitis. Uh, and, and he taught me his techniques. Wow, and, uh, wow, he's a pioneer. Yeah, and, and uh, he's been doing this for about 35 years now. Um, and he's done it all from sports injuries to AIDS clinics in, in California in the 80s to... Uh, the pediatrics which is his specialty now he's kind of done it all and I was fortunate enough and that's the reason I came to western New York was to study in his clinic while I was in school wow Instead nice, of going nice. To the beach in San Diego where yeah was I was just gonna say man what was that what was that choice about so your uncle oh, moved back man. here so he moved back here he, he met a girl like we all do and yeah. we moved to western New York just like I did yeah and, and you know I'm I'm here because of my wife and but it was the best thing and the best decision of my life so yeah man um, I mean when I, you know, so like with my work and one of my real things that I pride myself on is getting practitioners of all different scopes, especially when I'm working with these athletes, because man, they, they come from all different parts of the country and they ask sometimes for things. Nobody has a clue. Yeah. So some of what I do is try to facilitate that. And the acupuncture piece was tough. And I had some really amazing, you know, traditional Chinese acupuncturists mm-hmm that the guys would go see and they were like, you know, they're super nice, but it's not what we need. Yeah. Or I was having them, you know, cross the border and things. So when you came on, I was like, I heard about you and I was like, oh, all right, wait a minute. All right, this guy, Dan, this this could be it. Yeah. This could be it. I don't have to send guys to Canada anymore <laughs> and to wait two hours to get treatment and stuff like that. So I was super psyched. And what I really enjoyed about and really liked about you and the way you were practicing. Like first off, you were, it was not about, it was about the end result, which was about getting the client, patient, athlete better. Yeah. And you were really integrative. You were super willing to learn. And I think like, uh, that's really made your practice stick out. Um, not only is it a little bit different as far as what you offer, but just your ability to work with other practitioners and your integration is awesome. So tell me about, Bosa and kind of like all the little pieces of it. And Bosa is your name of your, uh, is the name of your clinic. Yeah. And, and there's a misconception that I named my clinic. I'm from Columbus, a, a 
big Ohio State guy, but I didn't name it after the Bosa brothers. Oh, um, ah, okay. You know, I wanted a moniker, something short to uh, explain the longer name, which I named my business, which was Buffalo Orthopedic and Sports Acupuncture. And, and uh, Bosa is a representation of that. And it quickly evolved because that's a mouthful. It, I became Bosa. That was what I was known as. But, yeah. um, you know, I came here in, into Buffalo in 2017 and, and I was kind of under the radar starting to work with some players. Um, my wife had moved here uh, for work. I was still working for the University of Rochester in, in Rochester. And I had started that program for them in 2015 uh, and it had really taken off. So I was happy there, but my wife was here. And uh, so I would spend, you know, three days a week here and then just commute all week. Um, back to Rochester uh, but Kyle Williams called me and he he had an injury and he got my name from Joe Mika who's the head trainer with the Bills and or head um, physical therapist yeah, with yeah. the Bills and, and the treatment really helped him and that led to another player and another player and, and before I knew it you know I was working with quite a few guys and from like 7 o'clock at night till 10 o'clock at night three yeah. days a week yep and started I've been there. Space, you know, and and I had my clinic in in Rochester. I would drive back and then work on guys all night. And um, you know, Bosa kind of got created because of uh, a need out here and a niche that I didn't feel was being fulfilled, which was that sports acupuncture uh, absolutely style. And um, you know, it started me renting one room, and then I rented a second. And then as I grew and got my name out in Buffalo, because I didn't know anyone when I moved here, it was weird. I was. I was this guy in Buffalo just treating pro athletes. I didn't have any normal people. But then you found out about me and started sending me some people. And a chiropractor found out about me, started sending me some people. And then I had, like, two clinics, and I didn't realize I had two clinics. All I thought of a sudden I was it just, just came. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I, I, what am I going to do here? Am I, am I going to be in Rochester or am I going to be in Buffalo? And, and I asked my wife, I was like, where do you want to live? And she was like, I, I like it here. And she was from Rochester, but... Oh, wow, wow. But when she moved here, she really loved it. And so we made the move out here, and, and I opened up Bosa in 2018. And uh, now we have, you know, I built a, a location downtown. I always wanted to be in the city. That, to it's me, beautiful, was man. It's a beautiful space. I, I enjoy being in the thick of it. I enjoy being a part of Buffalo. Uh, and I wanted to bring a wellness center to downtown Buffalo, and they didn't have something like that, so... Uh, it's grown into a multidisciplinary practice, and we have two acupuncturists. Uh, one of my mentors actually moved from New York City. Uh, he's just actually finishing up his first week here. Uh, and then we brought on a, a sports massage therapist from Florida. Um, her name's Susie Wilson. And then uh, we got a chiropractor from UB Neuro, so his name's Brian Geller. So the four of us co-treat a lot of people now. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a combination of acupuncture and massage or acupuncture and Cairo uh, or Cairo and massage. And, and it's really based on patient preference. But there's so many people that go in for an adjustment and they're so locked up that they can't they can't get a set or they can't hold a set. And when you can add that soft tissue piece and maybe uh, what I do, which is more uh, nerve related, uh, we can really make some big changes. And I and I stole that from uh canada because in canada these multidisciplinary clinics are the norm yeah yep you go in and you have your physical therapist you have your acupuncturist you have your chiro and they co-treat and you might get all of it in one day 
and the insurance allows for that there and here insurance is very very tough on that you might only be able to use one physical medicine uh code per practitioner like a day so it's very different but i wanted to have something that my patients if they wanted it they could have it it's it's amazing i mean and that's true in canada when i first started going up there i was like going to these conferences and i was like man everybody is like getting along and like the the strength coaches and the kairos and that was at the time at least coming up bringing that across the border it was weird man there's a lot of infighting so i love seeing that i love that piece and i think the other thing that's important you can put four or five different practitioners under a roof it doesn't mean it's an integrated practice yeah because you have to know where your skill set lies you have to know where the other one, and then you have to be like, again, put the patient, you know, client, athlete first. first. And and that's the piece that I, I, I try to do a good job of that. You know, I think that's something that's important to me is to make sure that the best interest of the patient always comes first. And I think as some businesses grow, um, it becomes more about the bottom line than it does about um, the person that's in that, in that chair across from you. Um, but there's on a daily basis we're walking a patient up and saying hey you know i think you need rehab with brian because he does frc and and um you know or i think i think you need to go the massage route or i think you need this and we just walk them up and schedule them with the other person and that is and then we talk about it we talk about the patients if we're sharing someone we're updating each other on that and i think that's where a lot of patients get lost is they have four or five clinics that they go to of course and and the message never gets to the person across the way that's treating them, you know, and, and what you're doing and I love it and I love our relationship because if we share a patient, um, you know, of course with, with HIPAA permission, we talk about them um, yeah, so absolutely. that we can be on the same page and help each other get that person better. Yeah, that's important. I mean, of, you know, being in this business for a while and you know, sometimes you get the kind of the head nod from the other person about reaching, contacting them, but very often it never happens yeah. or, you know, it's very one-sided. So, I mean, that's what I'm all about. I think that's, that's the secret sauce. That's the, uh, you know, that's where the real healing takes place. And I used to tell my students this, I used to say, you know, when you refer somebody, that's one of the biggest, um, it's one not only the compliment but it's one of the biggest it's it's egoless because yeah. you're putting that person first and i would tell them trust me when you refer that person to somebody else for their own good whether even they get better or not hopefully they will that comes back to you threefold man right. that comes back through word of mouth that comes back through whatever you know universal energy of like putting that person first and i think it's missing in a lot of healthcare. yeah and that's something that I can appreciate in you and something I try to do it and know my limitations and know what I have time to do, what I don't have time to do and what I'm not good at. And, and I think, you know, when someone comes to me who says, Dan, I heard acupuncture is good for digestion. You know, that's something I learned in school, but I do not keep up on it. I sure. am not the person to see if you have a digestive issue, if, if you're looking to get acupuncture for fertility. I refer you immediately out yep. and, and, yep. I, and I have people that I like for those things, more traditional Chinese medicine. It's just not something that I do anymore. And, and I look at myself in the mirror and say, you're not good at that job. You shouldn't do it. And, um, and so I think 
you know, when that person sits across from me, I have an obligation to make sure that, that I'm doing what's best for them, not what's best for me. Where do you see, you know, the, the future of acupuncture as a healthcare system? And then where do you see your practice? Like, what do you, in 10 years, you know, if we're sitting here having this conversation, like, what do you think, uh, what, is, what is it going to look like? How is it going to look different? Yeah, I think acupuncture as a whole is in, is in trouble. Um, they're, they're kind of falling behind in, in some of the techniques. And I say that to also say that it's very popular right now. Um, but it's also very popular to get dry needling. Ah, uh, yes. And I think if acupuncturists want to uh, thrive and survive, they'll own the needle and all the techniques that fall under it. And they won't try to say dry needling is bad acupuncture or or dry needling is this just terrible thing and, and we should we should just beat it down and, and not they should embrace it and learn it and be the best at it because I feel like acupuncturists have the best technique it take they do the most training you, you know in North Carolina you could go take a course and get certified in one week into dry needle it only takes 48 yeah. hours yep uh, and not 48 clinical hours yeah. 48 hours yeah like we know how Saturday that, we Sunday know how that goes yep licensed a needle and that's some sketchy stuff yeah you know it really is and because not all physical therapists are going to go and dedicate their lives to needling people after that they may needle someone every once in a while and a lot of people a lot of these athletes they get bad treatment and they get scarred and it takes them a long time to trust that i won't hurt them of course of course of i those think those experiences there's always that stigma i remember i uh dr uh, mike Leahy, who was the inventor of of art yeah uh, I met him in Toronto and I was still a student in like 2000, 2001. And I remember having a, I had a quick conversation with him after he presented. And I said, you know, this is so science based and like so much about physics. I said, what do you think the role of like a massage therapist doing ART? And he said to me, he goes, you know, if they can get the science down, they have some of the best touch yeah. there. So, you know, that was like, to hear him say that about that, I think it all comes down again. It's like, you know, with the acupuncture, the needle, they're going to be the most versed. Why not make it part of their tool chest? It should be. And and I don't, I, I, I like the fact that in New York, you have to be licensed and pass boards and do these things to needle. Um, but there's only about 15 states right now that, that that's the requirement. And most wow. other states, you know, you just, if you're a physical therapist, they say you, you're educated you, and you'll be okay using that needle in, in two days. Um, but as far as my practice goes, you know, I could go down a rabbit hole on that and, and dry needling um, versus acupuncture and those two people fighting. But at the end of the day, I want to summarize that and say, I think acupuncturists are well equipped to do that job. You just have to find somebody in the area you're in who has the trainings um like is certified in dry needling yep. does have um training from mcmaster in canada where they do the neurofunctional i studied with someone like rich hazel or myself we both teach together uh so that so that you know you're getting the same care as someone like a guy working with the bills but my practice i i hope to keep adding valuable pieces to it and i really i really one day hope to have I, I love my center. Like I, I'm creating this, this space. There's room to grow upstairs. There's room to grow out back. Um, I, I envision in 10 years having uh, a turf out back, a full gym in there, 
uh, rehab and acupuncture and chiropractic and massage all in one, um, but not so big that I lose uh, quality. Not a meat market, exactly. I, I, I see that happening with some of the other um, big physical therapy places in town and, and the big hospital settings here. Uh, it's all about the number and the bottom line, and, and they're not patient-centered, and that um, I have control over that maintaining and that being the center of the focus of the practice because right now it is and everyone in there is is, knows and I hired them because um, at the end of the day they're healers you know we can we can make a great living doing this but I want to make a a great impact yeah well I think you are man I mean it's uh I've just I've I've only heard accolades from you know you and just the way you you run that business so kudos to you. I mean, that's, uh, it's so amazing. You've just, you've literally kind of exploded, um, onto the scene and I love, uh, I love working with you. What would you say for, what are you working on right now, man? What are you, any education, any learning? I mean, I know you're, we're both like total nerds, but yeah. anything like coming up, uh, you know, courses that you're taking or anything that you're studying? Well, I think it's been tough with the courses because of yeah, COVID. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Some of the stuff that I want to do. I'm kind of waiting for live classes to come back in and for yeah. us to be able to travel outside of New York. Um, you know, but I, I want to get up and do some stuff with uh, Gary Cook up in Canada who, who specializes in runners. Cool. Um, I want to do some some stuff with FRC and, and Spina up there. Um, I've, I've done a lot in the acupuncture world and there's still more to learn. And uh, But I, I'm also teaching and, and I... I go abroad uh, quite often to teach. Last year, I snuck away during the Cowboys weekend for Thanksgiving and taught in Amsterdam. I think for I remember three that. Days. I think I remember that. I was gone for less than seventy-two <laughs> hours. And wow! In Europe, and then I was back, and, and I was here for work on Tuesday. You were jet lagged for two weeks. Oh man, I was dying. But having uh, having Rich Hazel, who um, is one of my mentors, he's one of the guys that taught me the electrical stimulation, uh, and and using that with acupuncture. He is now in Buffalo. He relocated said, here man, that's from amazing. New York City, and uh, he and I teach together. So we're starting to to chat about what our next move is, and, and we're going to start holding courses here in Western New York uh, for acupuncturists and getting them up to speed. We do that all over the country and, and the world, but I want I want there to be more good acupuncture in Buffalo because what I don't look at it like competition. I look at it like if you have a good experience. Yeah. You're going to tell your friend on the other side of town, like, hey, you should try acupuncture. I may not be the one that benefits from that, but when when good practitioners are in an area, it helps everyone. I, don't I believe, love it, man. I don't believe that that creates a, a competition. I think it helps us. And also, Buffalo's got a lot of people in it. I yep. can't take care of them all. So yeah, I man, need I, some help. I feel the same way. Like, I'm all about, like, you know banding together and you know even if you're doing something exactly like somebody else first off it never is yeah people vibe on different you know energies people vibe on different things so it's okay if someone does what you do yeah it's like let's get it together and let's let's become let's become a force of you know positivity not of like trying to break each other down yeah and and i and i that's what i love about you is is you're so willing to send for help you know, and, and yeah, if man. you have a patient that you feel needs acupuncture, you send them right over with a list of what they have going on, like, and it's detailed, and and I can appreciate that, and 
it's not always the case. Like there are a lot of people that begrudgingly or fail before they send someone out. For sure. Rather than identifying a problem early and saying, I'm going to send you over here for two treatments. Then he's going to send you back and we're going to keep working on it. They'll just take them to the end, squeeze them for every penny they have and say, oh, unfortunately this didn't work. Maybe you should try acupuncture or maybe you should try this. Um, and it's, instead we can start working together earlier and, and what's best for the patient. And those are the same people that say that they're all about the integration. Yeah. But again, it's the context, yeah. man. Well, I think uh, I appreciate those words. And like I said, I've, uh, your ability to work with a team and work with people has been just like so refreshing. Um, all right, one last question before I go. If you weren't being an acupuncturist, what would you be? Be a pro athlete. I was just going to say, dude, but you I can't been, be a pro. I would have been, been playing for the team. You would have been treating me. You would have been an uh, Olympic badminton player. You know, I was I was actually really good at chess when I was young. So yeah, all right. I think I would have made the Olympic team in chess. Chess but, master? I, I, um, I like it. But I chose a different path. No, but if I wasn't an acupuncturist, I would probably be a strength and conditioning coach. Nice, um, nice. Or, or a college football coach. Um, that that was really, I mean, I love I love teaching the game of football. I I coached uh, all through acupuncture school. I uh, coached little league football. Um, nice. Ran the offense. I was the offensive coordinator, and we just we threw bombs and and we scored points. And that's I we, love it. We I ran love your passion. But you know, unfortunately, that wasn't in my cards. And and I think I found my true calling. And I, I don't know. I think I was genuinely I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. And and I don't think there was any other path for me. And and fate or God or whatever you believe in pushed me into that wagon and uh and put me on that path to be right here talking to you right now i love it man i love it so if people want to hit you up uh you also post really good stuff on social media man like really good stuff about what you're doing at the clinic and things like that so where can people uh you know find you and hit, hit you up Instagram is where I'm most active at. Um, I, I find that I like that the best as a millennial. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's my Instagram handle is Bosa716, B-O-S-A 716, um, the number 716. So you can find me there. My my private Instagram is, is the sports acu. So it's uh, A-C-U is that. That's how you pronounce acu. Um, but so it's the sports acu. You'll see dogs in my or pictures of my dog. Uh, Braxton, he's a little miniature dash hound, my wife, and then the office manager. Braxton. He is, he is, uh, <laughs> uh, the chief, what do they call it? The, the chief greeting officer. I so love it. He greets every it. patient. He's, he's at work from home right now with COVID, but he'll be back in the office soon enough, uh, taking care of everyone. Uh, and then, um, my website is bosa716.com. If you're interested in coming in for acupuncture, uh, you know, hit me up. Perfect, man. And I'll put all those in the show notes. Um, that was awesome. Good luck to you in the future. And I'm uh, so psyched that we get to work together, uh, you know, kind of si sometimes side by side, sometimes city by city, but uh, it's amazing, man. Thanks for having, Thanks for Thanks having for, me, brother. Thanks for having, it's getting hot in the podcast vehicle Woo! right now. We're both sweating. It's 80 degrees in the below. Hey, thank you for tuning into that episode with Dan Dominguez. Uh, if you guys have any questions about Dan's work, about Dan's clinic downtown, I'm linking all of his information to the show notes. Uh, do yourself a favor if you have, you know, anybody in your life that might be able to benefit from, you know, acupuncture, chiropractic, uh, massage therapy that Dan offers at his clinic, you know, share this episode with friends, share it with family. And that's the biggest compliment I can get. And that's really the goal of this podcast. I want to just 
I want to bridge the gap. I want to bring all the listeners, you know, nuggets of information on health and wellness because maybe that one person that uh, has, you know, some chronic pain or is working through an injury, if one person can get that knowledge and get the help they need, then all of the time, all the effort that I've done with this podcast pays off for me. And that's all that matters. Also, remember two sponsors to check out, Buffalo Cryo and also Kettlebells and Cannabis, a uh, clothing company on Instagram. I will link to those. They both have generously offered all the listeners a coupon code, uh, WOKE15. WOKE15 will get you a nice 15% discount on products and services. Well, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Get outside, take your shoes off, squish around in the mud, eat some healthy foods, spend time with friends and family, and uh, hope to see you guys again. Thanks for listening.